Good morning. Welcome to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Took a little break, a hiatus. I'm not recording live here for for everyone. We're we're back and we're back in this live events again. Welcome back, everyone. Feel happy Tuesday, gentlemen. It is a Tuesday. Feels Man. good. Feels good to be back, Man. especially after this last week. Not not so much fun. <laughs> How 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 was your trip, Tommy? Did you have a good time? I did. We did the aquarium. My daughter touched the dolphin. Like I mean, like it was as Florida as you can imagine, kind of thing. There you go. I rode an alligator. No, just kidding. But um, <laughs> um isn't that your taxi beach. when you come out of the airport? They just line them up there and just ride them. Ride them <laughs> yeah, they don't house. have Ubers. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's amazing. Uh, the beach, the pool, the whole thing. The two T-shirts when you have to travel. Like if you have to go from like uh anywhere to anywhere else you have to bring two t-shirts one for the drive and the other to where you're actually going because it's just so hot it is hot uh one thing i greatly miss from florida though i don't know if anyone on the podcast knows of a place called Publix. you ever heard of it i do know it yeah, very well yeah, yeah. man their subs i miss that really that's my, that's my <laughs> yeah that's my one regret moving is those public subs no yeah. kidding yeah the Publix sub yes who knew that's a, that's a tidbit of information right I'm there telling you, for all you, you Floridians. If you're visiting Florida, hit Publix. And hit, isn't that a grocery store? Southie, it yeah, a it's a grocery store. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah but I think they, they they cater to a lot of Northeasterners, I think, because they have a lot of, like, they brought a lot of stuff down. But if I think they're all the way in Alabama. It's to the Southeast. So if you find a Publix, go get a sub. I never thought I never would have guessed the subs are that what you like so much. I mean, Tommy likes the subs. My wheelhouse, so <laughs> excellent. I was a big, big fan of the sub back in the day when I could eat subs <laughs> from, from Subway. Subway tolerance. Dang oh, you! Dang you! There's a. I'm going to transition away from subs. As interesting as that is, uh, moving over to Power BI related things. There's a couple announcements going on. Uh, in the uh, blog since we've been there are. kind of out here for a bit. Uh, I think the key one that I'm I'm interested in talking about here just very briefly is there's some large announcements around, well, not very large, improvements, I would just say, maybe some improvements around Data Mart query editor. So the quality of life is the way I like to call those things. The, these are a lot of, <laughs> these are a lot of table stakes, I think, editors, yeah. uh, capabilities here. So You'll, you'll notice that there is now a new editor window. You can write your own SQL queries. And for those of you who don't know what a data mart is, a data mart is, seems like, again, we're, we're still trying to figure it out ourselves, but it's it's like a SQL <laughs> server that that is attached to all of your data sets. So you have full SQL writing capabilities. So you're able to write SQL statements. Uh, you, they have this concept of visual editor. So there's actually a kind of a nice you know, power query-esque type feeling editor in there. But... You get multiple tabs, you have now saving queries, rename and deleting the queries that you're running. Because I remember previously when they when they first came out, there was nothing like that. You weren't able to edit save queries, you could write a query, and then as soon as you navigate away, it would disappear. So it kinda it kinda dawns on me. I wonder if they knew that they were stepping into that crowd. And by that crowd, I mean I, I'm part of that old SQL community. Yeah. Right. 
you just stuck an interface into Power BI that was SQL-like, man. And like, I would imagine the requests for enhancements are miles <laughs> long. Be like, yeah, your query editor doesn't do this. If yep. it doesn't do this, then I'm not going to use it because I'm going to go to SSMS. Or, yeah. Like, you've forced me to use Azure Data Studio, right? Which is right. kind of painful if you've you know used the two. It, it doesn't compare in terms of like the features, the quick keys, all the things that you can do in SSMS. So, like. I'm kind of chuckling in my head now as as data marks is stepping into that that realm. Um, but a lot of these are good, you know, like you can open multiple windows, you can save queries, you know, <clears throat> change well, the query names, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, good steps in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, Seth, that's a really good, I think, I, a topic in itself, because I don't know, too, if that was always their intention with the SQL part of this. Like being able to do that. I don't know if that was from the origin, like, hey, we're going to eventually build this, or was it something that just became, it's morphing into that? I so. think it's mainly, it's probably just because of familiarity, right? Like you have, yeah. you have the same setup. They're probably using some of the same bits and pieces to make it look, look a, a very similar. Right. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm half joking, right? Well, no, yeah, well, it's like, you know, analysis, you know, people who are analyzing using SQL on a regular basis, like, you get used to your hotkeys. You get used to commenting and uncommenting. You get used to a lot of the features in there that make querying really easy. Yep. And when you don't have them, even Azure Data Studio, as an example, right, does yes. not have some of those same yeah. quick, key, easy features, which is why I only use it periodically when <laughs> I need to access right. stuff. Well, I bet they were surprised. <laughs> they probably built the data market and we'll do a SQL query or you can do SQL in there too, whatever. And then they probably looked at the data like, wow, everybody's using this because yeah. I, I find myself using it a lot just to do some simple, simple polls. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, cor corollary, right? Like much like Power BI is getting integrated into everything. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. SQL now has another place to sit in another area where, um, you're just opening that avenue for people to access data, yeah. which is good. I think this also fits very well with their story of like low code to no code solutions, mm -hmm. right? So this is this is more that low low code. I mean, I don't think you're gonna. I don't think the intent here is you're supposed to write in massively complicated views or things that are happening in here. It's it's you know here's a little bit of you know here's the graphical interface, right? Here's the yeah. here's the you know grab the different elements from the left hand side and apply some transformations. Oh, and by the way. Here's some SQL behind the scenes that lets you see how it's written. So it's kind of like exposing that code that that is being used on the server to generate these queries. I like it. I think it's, I think it's a move in the right direction. It's you can definitely see they're rounding out the product to make it easier to use and consume. And again, it feels very much like what you would see in a lot of, you know, it's all Power BI esque, right? The the tabs are the same. The you know, I do like the fact that they have added the left hand nav, so the objects are on the left hand side. Mm -hmm. In Power BI Desktop, all the objects for visuals, properties, everything's on the right. And so I find it interesting that they've gone back to the left-hand nav here for this thing. It almost feels like it would have been more Power BI to put it on the right-hand side. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, good good uh, blog article. I'll put that out here in the chat window just in case you want to read it up on it a little bit more about the announcement. And uh, I'd also be remiss if we go back to the blog there's a couple other uh, brief announcements, but uh, there's a blog post out about the first ever Microsoft Power Platform Conference uh, was just announced. So we've been saying for a while this conference is out, uh, and there's also, uh, we've been promoting it, and uh, I think it'll be a good event for people. We also have some promotion codes to go with it. 
So I'll put those in the description of the YouTube video. If you want a promotion code, you can get, I think it's um, $50 off if you use our promotion code for the Power Platform Conference on September, let's see if I get it right, 20th and 21st. Yeah, they're saying it's the 18th to the 23rd, so there must be some pre-cons in there as well. So anyways, September 18th to the 23rd, you can go get some uh, learning, training, information about what the Power Platform's doing. Excellent. Anything else? Any other kind of uh, hot type topics we should talk about before we jump into our topics today? Yeah, you know, for the public, if you ever wanted to meet Microsoft folks that are in charge of different areas within the Power Platform, that's a great conference to go to. I mean, it's it, it looks like a full 80% of it is all going to be Microsoft presenters and speakers. So um, definitely worth checking out that that we should drop the link in there uh, for the, the the new Power Platform conference. It looks like a new partnership that they might have connected with a different company to <clears throat> generate one, but um looks looks interesting for sure drop the link and the promotion code it's also in the chat window as well so that should be there if you want to check it out excellent all right with that today's topic field parameters all right tommy well i guess i'm the switch statement too <laughs> kick us off tommy give us give us some context here what are, what are we talking about today a great way to put it first i'm just so excited to talk to you guys again <laughs> are you so <laughs> i i'm really excited about this topic because back in the day if you wanted to do dynamic things let's say in power bi like you know i have a lot of measures but i don't know how to display it all on one page there's a switch statement it's like hey look i have a filter but it also acts as showing different you know a metric at a time well field parameters came out i believe i'm going to say may the may update and it changed the game right because not only could you do i want to show a different metric based on a selection but you could actually do that based on a field. So if I said I want to show the product or the salesperson or the country, I can easily change multiple visuals or uh, one visual all based on a field parameter. So this when we I think when, when this came out, we all said this is incredible. This is amazing. This can take a lot of the places of the switch, but it can also take a lot of places of calculation groups, too, in its ability. Um, that being said, and again, why we're, we're not just going to be singing the praises of it, right? I think there's also been discussions too. When it came out, everyone was showcasing what they did, but how important is it? You know, where does it really play? Because I've used it a, a few times, but then other times I've taken it away and had did something else with it because it didn't serve its purpose. So I think today is really talking about what it is. Where does it play in our reports and uh, like, where do we think it plays and where should it play? I like this topic. I think this is a, I've been using this more, more and more recently. Um, and again, I'm following pretty much what a lot of the common practices where people are using, right? I have a couple measures. I click that, you know, I go through the field perimeter. Window. I like the fact that it gives you a nice little dialogue box, lets you kind of pick a couple things, mm -hmm. put some things together and it just kind of works. Um, I think I guess it would, what I would say that kind of tripped me up initially was even though you're making a new reference table, essentially it makes a new table for you when you use this. After you make the reference table, there's a, it looks like what it appears to be like a column and you have to kind of drag that column into the visual and you're like, Oh, interesting. It just kind of works. So, yeah. it's, so it's interesting how it's actually able to take, you know, again, my example here, I have numbers of measures and I'm trying to, use one or a group of those measures and want someone to select something pick this or pick that or something along those lines 
um, you know, pick pick uh, you know sum of sales or sum of units, right? So once you add those two to the, the field parameter selection, you could add that to your visual, and you could you could make a matrix that would have both of those applied, or you could just make people select a single data point. You know, pick one or the other. So I think it has a default value when you use it. Right. Yeah. So just a little. T oh, go ahead. <clears throat> um, so. the, the the question I have is before we you know dive into use cases and things around field parameters, like how would you have done some of the the things that field parameters allows us to do in the past before them? Mm -hmm. Question. I think the, like, the, the just first on a yeah. high level, walk me, yeah. walk walk the audience through the steps of like kind of what you would have to do if you didn't have field parameters as of May. Back when I used to put uh, Publix bags on <laughs> my shoes when it snowed, <laughs> I walked backwards up a giant hill to go to school. Yeah. Back in my, um, I mean, I remember the first time I played with Switch, read an article, and it was like, oh, wow. Uh, there was just a need to show, you know, like high level for the visual to showcase a certain metric. So we were able to play with filters and use a Switch to create a measure that basically showed, hey, sales, units, like total members and being able to show that dynamically multiple visuals based on a user selection i mean from that moment to even today is still being used in, in some of our more important reports or some of the more important reports that i've built just because it's so integral that it can change not just in a sense one measure but everything that's dependent on it and uh that's what i would do for the metrics that it was building what metrics did i need building the switch statement, you know, and really building that um, uh, separate table or the disconnected table mm -hmm. for fields. Now for fields, there was no really easy way. There's some playing with calculation groups, but not really, I mean, to try to finagle things, but you were kind of stuck with that. Really it was bookmarks. If I needed to show different categories, I, I you would create a bookmark, hide a few different tables to showcase the different fields to a user. It could have acted like a field parameter, but it was a lot of technical background, you know, a lot of jargon that was happening in the background. And the the thing that's a good explanation, right? Like separate table, mm -hmm. multiple different measures, references, mm -hmm. switch statements, bookmarks, like. When you say bookmark on anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Multiple multiple objects on the page, like interactions between all of those objects. Throw it like so. We're painting this picture of complexity, right? So the capability was there, right? But field parameters is, I, I think, what's what's most interesting or amazing to me, and why I think it's such a great feature is. It's one of those that just cuts out that whole swath of like mm -hmm. really labor intensive work to get something to do what you want it to on a page, right? right? And that's where I think some of uh, the interest, this crosses over into that interesting topic for Power BI developers that get really frustrated talking to business or IT <clears throat> because they go, oh, well, on this report, you did this. Can, can you do that? And oh, I need it this afternoon. It's like, hmm buddy right like i can't do that do this you is why, really like, need it right like hours of work behind just a simple object that goes lets you select between multiple different things right and this is where i love to see the investments from microsoft in areas where the capability was there but it took you an hour or more to go build that capability 
And now they've made a, a way in which it's very straightforward and produces kind of a combo of different use cases in a single dialogue. And it's a huge time saver. Yeah. Huge time saver. So there's a, there's a really good article on just this whole topic in general, uh, field parameters and Power BI, how they're working. I have it up here. I'll put it in. It's from SQL BI. Those guys are amazing. Uh, excellent article. Putting the article in the chat window here as well. And it goes a lot more in detail as to what's happening inside the field parameters and what it's doing, how it's mm -hmm. uh, executing queries against the data set. And one of the things I found in this particular article that I found very interesting was, oh, well, and I'll be very clear here, right? A switch statement that Tommy was talking about earlier is part of the model. That is a model level statement. And so if you use a switch statement, you could potentially reuse that switch statement as well on a, an Excel report, analyze an Excel. It's, a, it's an element that you build. It's a, an internal table that you can use. The interesting part that's called out here in the article from SQL BI is the idea that the field parameters are purely a tool or are purely a feature of Power BI Desktop. That is a Power BI Desktop only feature. So any third-party tool that would connect to these data models will not be able to use this feature, which is quite interesting. It's closer to a bookmark than it is to a DAX. Yes, it is. Yes. Right, even it, though there is DAX. Even though it's doing some DAX to write it, it right. does generate a separate table. So there is a table that's being generated that is a part of the model. But when, and it even I found another very interesting point here that was very relevant here is if you're using, again, a field parameter to select various columns, there's actually two queries that are being run against the, the visual. So the visual has to first mm -hmm. initially query, what are the column, like if you're, you know, if you pick four columns in the example they give here that you're talking about like a very generic model, brand, category, color, continent, and country are the data model elements that they're using based on those elements. Okay, if you pick two of those items, what does it do? How, how's, how are the queries working? Right. And so it was very interesting to, to read the article around well, actually, your visual is running two queries, one to re request the list of columns first. Then once it has the list of columns that it's going to be using, then it uses those columns in, the, in right. the second query to go back to the data model to return DAX from it, yeah. which I found very interesting. Well, and that, that makes sense, right? Because it I does. don't know if you've tried this yet, because calculation groups, if you add a calculation group to that model, mm -hmm. this doesn't work anymore. Yes. Because, or for at least for the metric side, because you can't add an implicit measure. No implicit to, measure. Right. So, and I remember the first time I tried it, like, well, I guess I'm not doing calc. Or like, one, I have to choose one or the other. Yeah. But because it's not part of the model. So, it's, and it's very, that, that wouldn't be my intuitive thought, right? That this isn't part of the model, like that this is more like a bookmark than it is actually like DAX statement or script. Yeah. I guess, I guess when I saw the feature, I was thinking immediately, well, hey, this is, this is part of the model. Like I could use it anywhere. Right. And I think that right. the realization that this is a visual level uh, feature that was, is just for visual building. It's, it's, it's good to know that. So, right. you know, would, would I use field parameters in a model that might be used in analyzing Excel might be something you want to consider might be, a, you know, is, does that make sense for you? Maybe instead, what you'd want to do is a switch statement. That would be, again, a bit more code, but now it's physically a part of the, the data model, and you could reuse that in other other tools, third-party tools. But anyway, so this, I, I just find them, I find this interesting that they're now adding, I think, I mean, out, again, outside of bookmarks, right? 
this is like a very specific model helper to make it easier for users to pick things, right. which I think is and, very relevant. Yeah. On, and the other side of the coin too, there's, it's more complex than you think. So uh, I don't have all the articles in front of me, but there's probably about 10 articles. And let's say out of those five that go into some very complex situations that you wouldn't think you could do with field parameters. Because I think on the surface, it's choose a metric, choose a field, showcase the visual. Yes. Well, and I think we'll get into this too, but as you use it, you start to think of, well, what if I could do this? And I think dependencies, right? So someone mm -hmm. actually I think showed currency based on a field parameter, based on another field parameter. And uh, like I said, uh, I'll make sure that's in the podcast episode. And I think it's going to be our next user group on something with field parameters or definitely something we need to do. But yeah. there's a, there is a whole other layer here because that to me comes, goes into the segue or at least field parameters are great. But I don't know about you guys, but it's not being used as much as I thought in my reports. I want to I want to pause for a second okay. on on something you just kind of went went through quickly, which is <clears throat> an implementation of field parameters. Mm -hmm. One of one of the things that strikes me as interesting is as you you develop one of these use cases or scenarios, it it's. Do you guys feel a need that we have to start naming things slightly differently so that you understand when a field parameter is used and the behaviors on different objects on a page versus um, the way a bookmark would interact? Or like I was looking, uh, you know, watching as you develop a field parameter and especially with some of these, you know, the basic use case of like I have a slicer, I'm selecting between, you know, two different things and it's changing how, um, the visuals interact on the page, how do you triage a problem if you don't even know what field parameters are? Yeah, right. Right? Yes. You yes. Know, and I was trying to, I was trying to like walk my way back. Like if I didn't know anything about how somebody developed a report page, would I be able to figure out that this is a field parameter quickly? Um, and I suppose to some degree you would, right? Because you'd, you'd click on the slicer, you'd see that it's part of the calculated table in some of those field names. You'd see that there are references and filters, but it just adds to the, I think, challenge for Power BI developers to absolutely know that this new feature is here um, because the interactions of how things go on a page are no longer driven just by bookmarks or... Um, I suppose the manual way of, of doing it, but you have those at least three dependent ways or independent yeah. ways that you could have, have things on a page being behaving differently because of the way it was implemented. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be something that again, getting more comfortable with what that, what that is doing. So you, you asked the question around, could I easily detect it? Right. I think, I know because I've, I've, I've written a couple of them or used them a couple of times what the pattern of that looks like. But I think you're right, Seth. I think it'd be a very good idea. Again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of going into the data model and describing tables, and having descriptions on them. So, you know, I'm already thinking some best practices, maybe not the name of the table is adjusted. Maybe because I feel like when I'm naming the tables using field parameters, I'm trying to use a name that makes sense in the context of the report. So. I'm not going to probably say field parameter of, and then kind of write out the name there because I want it to, I want whatever I'm writing the, the name of the column or, or the table name, I want it to kind of match what I'm putting on the report page. Because by default, if I just have, you know, the thing, the column called parameter, right. Or whatever that is at the default value, when you drop it on a slicer, boom, there it is. That's, that's the thing that you get on the, on the report page. So, um, 
I do like that part of it. On the other hand, though, I I don't like. I don't, I don't I don't like the icon. I feel like the icon should be slightly different. I know it's a calculated table. I feel like their icon should be just a little bit different to be a bit more, you know, direct about what's going on there. Um, I think that would be a good idea. Out of all the things you were going to say, I don't like icon was not in my top five. Not in your so. top five or to on your top five? No, not, not. I mean, that wasn't one of the things I thought you were going to go. The thing that I really have an issue with. Well, you've known <laughs> well, I've had no, issues look. with this for a while. Like all of the all the things that are like in the field parameter window and how right. different the experience is. It's so confusing for people working in desktop across different field so, parameters so options. Here's, here's, an, here's, another, here's another question that comes from Power BI guy right in the chat. He says, I think they're excellent for newer users or when you just want to do something quickly. They're like a gateway drug for more advanced features. Do you guys agree with that? You know what? I, I think that's a great that's a great question because I was going to ask something at least related where well, he beat you to it. I know he did. And it's great. He's a smarter guy than I yeah. am. But uh, there, there's two predicaments, I think, that come up when you create your field parameters. Like, again, someone introduces this. You're like, this is amazing. But then you start to think about like it's very linear in terms of for someone who's, let's say, more advanced, where you can only do exactly that like you can only choose choose these fields well what if you want to create another you know another group well you can't you have to create another field parameter yeah right so that's like that first predicament for a new user it can be you know it's very it works when it's basic right it's like i need product subcategory and product skew mm -hmm. right great easy done but i think a lot of the situations we're not necessarily dealing with that or it's the the other predicament in itself is where does that go on the report page? If you have four visuals that are all static in terms of the metric that they're showing, and then you have this one that just does a whole bunch of funky things, does that make sense for a user? I don't, I don't know. So if you had one report page that did everything based on the field parameter, fine, but is that a good report? So I, I kind of feel I, I think I do agree with him for a, a new user. Oh man, this solves a lot of problems, but, and for a new consumer, easy if you make it basic, mm -hmm. but that being said, yeah. So what are, what are some use cases that you, you come to top of mind that field parameters don't support when, when you're trying to do some of the interactive or pick and choose different measures that show up on report objects? <clears throat> I think the, the number one is, the, I don't want to say correlation, but it's context. I think number one, it's the context where I'm running into the problem where I create a field parameter for certain uh, uh, fields. But then you put that on the report page, like, well, I want to see that field and this field based on that metric. Well, there's no way in a sense to combine those two or the comparison because it's showing you one metric, one report, let's say. Um, and the same with, with the, the, the metrics too, where if I want to create a field parameter based on product, I have to create a whole, you know, the whole field parameter, but that's not correlated to, let's say you also had stuff, stuff on customer geographic information, you know, uh, customer type or customer level, et cetera. There's no context in between where there are going to be two separate field parameters. You have to create two filters now, right. On the report page to do this. And you know, there's a lot of clutter. So it's that ability to compare where I'm having the largest issue. If I want to show one metric, one one field, I'm good. I think there's also the scenario, and one of the things I think I've struggled with the most was 
you know, it's it's changing the categorical values on an axis of a chart. I think where's where this is potentially the larger problem, right? Let's say I have just, you know, uh, again, I'm using the standard data model that kind of comes with Power BI desktop, the, the Excel file that comes with it, right? I have like products, I have countries, I have categories, and maybe the measure is the same across all those, right? If I'm trying to switch between different things, I think before I was previously solving that with either like a, like a hierarchy, you could put a hierarchy in there, you could drill, you know, drill to the next layer. So you could, you could change the axis that right. way. But again, very undiscoverable to the end user. You have to kind of like teach them, okay, here's a, here's a chart with a hierarchy in it that will change the context of those things. And sometimes, you know, if you're using the, um, uh, let me call you out the right features here. There is, um, I'm trying to use it. I have a visual up here that has it in there. Come on, hover tool tip. Why is it not hovering? It has the expand down one level, which is the, the air that splits into two. And when you split into two, it, it gives you like the existing hierarchy level and the next one down below it. So you, you get you can get into weird use cases if you don't turn off the icons correctly. That you're you're giving someone like data that may not make sense, right? It may not make sense yeah. to break country by product category. It just that may not be what you're looking for. But anyways, that was one way to do it. The other way was if you had like a bar chart or something like that, you could do like a, a button, right? You'd have the button that would say, show the bar chart or show it as this thing or show categories. So you could use, you could make two distinct visuals and then kind of hide one and show one behind <laughs> the scenes. So that's just a lot of work. And the maintenance of that is kind of a pain. So I think to um, the you know Power BI guys comment here about why is this a, a good solution? I definitely think this is for the beginner user, right? This is definitely for beginner users who are like, just trying to get into this thing, if they learn how to build a field parameter, they can quickly s switch between three or four or five categorical values on an axis of a toolbar. Easy peasy, no problem. So, um, yeah, th that sounds like where I see the most use cases. And I find that's, again, it's easier now. I like the fact that there's a navigation menu to get it started. Couple clicks, boom, 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 done, and it works. So that, that part I think I like more about it. Uh at, at at first, I didn't agree with it, but as you guys are describing more, I do, right? But uh, I don't want to trivialize, and that's why I'm glad we we spent some initial time here. In it, I I wouldn't even put like what what field parameters solves wasn't a beginner, wasn't a beginner feature, yeah. right? Or functionality, yes. Right? They wouldn't even been able to develop the solution that field parameters now gives them. Correct. And and to say. Oh, this is now a beginner feature, right? That's where I'm like, there's a lot of value that's unpacked underneath field parameters yes. that it gives de developers in general. Can we always take it to the more advanced level? Of yes. course, we <laughs> right? will, and we will. But I think yes. But what I, what what I like about this is okay. I agree. You can always go with more advanced, <clears throat> but I wouldn't I wouldn't say field parameters is like oh, it's for the for the beginner user. It is now, but it never was before. Right. And I think that's where the simplification of some of this and the time invested in it is where it, you're you're increasing the value of Power BI for a wider audience mm -hmm. to get more out of it that they weren't capable to do before, which is, I think, the the cool part. I, so, I would say okay. that, I would say this fits very much. I think I think in general, if I if I if I step back and say, OK, what are the broader trends that Microsoft is trying to do? Like this is one of them. Right. This is um, simplifying the user interface and getting in easily, some, solving some of these more painful issues. Right. 
I think this is where we should be spending our time. I think this is a really good move from Microsoft's standpoint is to continue simplifying and add some ease to make these more complex things, you know, very basic. So in terms of the, for not necessarily the building side of this, but the consumer side of this, where, where does this play in terms of, like I said, my, we'll say that my largest, my biggest struggle here has been very much with, you have some visuals that are static, you create, you know, have the measure for it, but then you have this on the side grouped filter and one visual, just, a, you know, a single visual that does field parameters. To me, that hasn't worked out very well, where as much as I want that to work, it, it, it I feel like it's even confusing for me. It can do some things, but it's not, I don't see it as being super helpful. It's cool. And it shows me some information, but it, it almost breaks the story, so to speak. So do you guys kind of understand that, that predicament or have you guys dealt with that at all? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't gone down that route that much yet. Okay. So where, where, what roles is it playing? Like what types of reports then where field perimeters really shine then? Again, I think it's one of those, it's kind of like those summary level reports. If I'm, if I'm talking about, um, you know, a little bit of self-discovery in there, right? We know there's um, requirements around, hey, I'm, I'm just trying to do some self-discovery, put, put a lot of data on the page. Let me kind of pick and choose what I want. Um, you know, I think that's kind of where I'm seeing, where I feel like I'm using calculation groups. It's, it's, I'm not doing, if I'm doing a very catered, design report or if I'm doing a very specific, you know, I'm not using them as much, right? Because it's, it's a lot less right. around, um, you know, it's, it's that idea of, um, I, I need to pick one of 10 columns in a, in a chart. Okay. I'm trying to give you a lot of features to go discover what data you want. I think you need three columns on this table, but you're saying you need all the columns. Okay. Let me just put something together. that's going to let you select which things I think you need and just let you kind of pick and choose. So I think it's more of this, um, um, self-discovery part of it, right? You know, just an analyst would use these things more, more so than I would be putting these things on like a, you know, an executive or a higher end level report. Those things I would think I would be catering the message a bit more, making sure it's a more specific. And then when we need more discovery or people that are more, I'm just going to roll around the report and look for data. That's, those are the kind of situations where I think I'm using them more. So that's it. I'm glad you said that. Um, one of the use cases surprisingly i've been really utilizing the uh, field parameters has been in sandboxing mm. yep so and, Again, and, well, and i don't know what i don't know like I'm, I'm doing a lot of like analyst discovery right. type like i don't really know exactly what i'm looking for but i do i think i want a group of columns that kind of like this mm -hmm. so you just kind of pick a couple and then you kind of like kind of click around quickly and easily oh okay right because I, I really do like the feature of like you know a horizontal slicer and then just kind of like tapping stuff very quickly and it's like boom 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 it, it switches the visual right. fast so actually for for a client internally we i'm using it not just for myself but what i mean is for the when we share it uh with the stakeholder we show them what it is and then we kind of let them play around with it with what almost like letting them kind of choose and say hey here are the things that are available what makes sense to you in the context especially if it's a new data set or if it's discovered for us where you know, we don't know the context of what things go well together. So, and that's so, kind so, of, hang yeah. on, hang on. You, you, you give them a report that allows them to pick and choose which columns they want, and then you dial it back to those columns. 
we we kind of yeah so i we let them play around with it and then they say you know i really like seeing this and this since i've seen it now i've seen it together because how many times have we said they don't know what they don't know they they think they know what they want but they until they see it they don't know but this is a great way for them to go oh i didn't know how important days to this with this metric is so integral when i see it with the like you know in this context we have that conversation and then we in a sense then build that into the report not as a field parameter so so these are so you're using it in ways in which um you know potentially in the initial conversations they they can't make up their mind around something right or like there could be a couple different metrics that would potentially provide the mm -hmm. value that they're looking for but they just don't know because like so many of our users i don't know i just have to see right. it and i have I to have play to with see it, it. <laughs> so right. this is right. this is a way for you to do that that's an interesting use case it's cool think about when you were getting uh when you're getting married and you went to the caterer <laughs> and the yeah, and they brought Wait, all the foods. The, no, 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 no. Think of this is um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So before you went, hold on. Do you remember you went to you went to a caterer, right? Somebody, someone's gonna, yeah. Somebody did, and they brought out all yeah. little pieces of food because you didn't know they had a hundred things on the menu, and you're like, oh, I didn't know I like the cheese sticks. These are really good. Let's have that at the wedding. And it was almost it's kind of like that stage where they can kind of not that that they're picking and choosing but as you go as they can look at it then you can have that conversation with them on these things are really important <laughs> together i like seeing this i don't care about this and that helps me i mean it's it's been something i've been utilizing more and more in not every development but in more often than not it's been part of the process i'm glad you went there my mind was went, went in a different direction when food <laughs> always when food. Started really, yeah, yeah, good, good food 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 tasting the ingredients is tasting the ingredients like, tasting yeah, the yeah. appetizers it's, the starters yeah so so <clears throat> what about switch then i mean in calculation groups i think we we, we had the conversation with bernat who just became a microsoft mvp which is super congrats exciting. congrats bernat um is super exciting he did our our i believe our may user group on calculation groups and was amazing phenomenal. job very well done and, which was perfect timing field parameters. And we asked him point blank, does field parameters, you know, make the calculation groups more obsolete? But I think this raises the questions with field parameters. Where, where do those two come to play switch in calculation groups now that we have this new feature? So I, I want to point out another blog article. I think this one's actually on LinkedIn uh, by Steven. I'm going to put this one in the, in the article as well. So I, I want to point out, like we're talking about, We've been talking kind of like how the basic implementation of how this would work. Mm -hmm. Steven does a really good job of um, articulating a whole lot more around how he would merge field parameters in cooperation with calculation groups. So you can kind of play them together. Very interesting use case. And if you think about it, it, it acts more like select anything you want on the, on the visual and the visual kind of adjusts everything, like changing the columns, changing the rows, switching the context of the rows to something else, changing the columns from sales, profit, and cost to like this year, last year, like really letting people kind of like very highly tune and adjust this. So let me say, I'll, I'll, I'm going to step back here, right? To set this up, you look at, I mean, I'm looking at this uh, article and thought, this is really cool. This is a very interesting use case. I understand what's going on here, 
but if I'm gonna ask like a beginner user to like show up and be like, hey, we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna get down here and we're gonna use calculation groups and we're gonna write I don't know, fifty lines of code to make it work, probably probably not what I'm expecting when we start presenting this with new users. So what I would say is this is this is one of these things where a simply new feature, and again if you watch all the Microsoft demos, it's purely a pick these columns, select these things. Watch the visual change. Like that's literally their demos on this stuff. They're not showing you any kind of like complex DAX things that uh, Steven has put together. That being said though, like I don't, I still think there's a place. And if, even if you read this article in the, in the middle of, of the article, when you're starting to use calculation groups, there's a switch statement inside the calculation groups that's being used with the field parameter. So to me, it's like, it's just another tool inside the toolbox. I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm thinking, I don't think I'm displacing something versus another tool. However, it's just another additional, you know, ease of, you know, implementation inside my report. And this is where I feel like I'm, I'm doing a lot more. This is where I think our jobs get a little more interesting now, because now we have to know all the things about like, what are the pluses and minuses of fear of parameters, calculation groups, and now, you know, the switch statements, which one is really what we're trying to do here, right? right? Like, what, what's the best solution for the report? And I'm also thinking potentially here, I'm probably adding a bit more uh, into the conversation around how will someone else maintain this, right? I can write it, I can make it work, but is this something that I'm expecting someone else to maintain? If the answer is yes, then maybe I'm going to start erring on the side of maybe we just simplify it a little bit more, right? Let's let's not go over over the wall here, overly complex, unless it's a highly stylized report or Again, we've had a lot of conversations around this previously, Tommy, around what is the lemon worth a squeeze, right? Do I spend a ton of time making this amazing report with tons of complicated things in it? And it's like really, really well done. Time thing, yeah. And then, or do I just say, ah, it's good enough. Let's just throw in some field parameters. It gets the job done. If you really, what you want is I'll just really, I'll just drive you to another page and we'll put the information there. So this is where I'm like, I don't think I need to throw everything on one page i'm probably balancing the way pros and cons of is this easy enough for me to maintain and give to somebody else and does it meet the objectives of the report greggy greggy b makes uh, some really good points in here um in, in the chat but ultimately uh this this isn't and this is kind of the point i've been trying to make throughout right <clears throat> this isn't some brand new capability that was that didn't exist for us to be able to implement um but what it did is it lowered the bar for implementation so that you all of a sudden can open the function, open this capability to, to users that would never have touched it in the past. And then at the mm, same time, it also, it also makes it uh, an ease of use improvement for advanced users because you don't have to go through all of those steps all the time. You have other options like you, you just pointed out with uh, Stepan, is you, you, can, you can mix and match, right? There's mm -hmm. other calculation groups can, can now be part of that solution. You, yes. can, you can use field parameters with the things that you already know how to, to build, and it's a simp it simplifies implementation for certain activities and actions you want to have on a page, right? So I think outside of, you know, maybe the new DAX measured name of that can be used within... The, the field parameter like 
there, there's nothing new that we weren't able to do before. It just took a long time to do, which meant you weren't implementing it or you're trying to find other solutions or you were steering away from it because time is money, man, right? Like it, you can't be doing that every single time. Um, and now it's just a simplified version and knowing that as part of your you know, lexicon or library of, of knowledge is a powerful thing because you can start to implement and use use this shortcut when you're building more advanced solutions or you just have the shortcut right mm -hmm. out of the game. Well, to Mike's point, though, the other side of that coin, it's almost like the opposite of a gateway drug. Rather than leading you into this, if you don't have the knowledge of switch or calculation groups, you're almost like, well, this can do it almost as well. So why need why? why I need to learn the other like the the complexity of calculation groups right where you can almost say this suffices enough and before like you know we were if you needed this feature before you were forced to learn calculation groups i'm not saying this is always the case but it's almost a threat for or you know it's a risk for a new user where they can just easily just have the gui of uh, field parameters and call it a day but again we've talked about the limitations there where if you needed a little more uh, a customization, so to speak, you need calculation groups mm -hmm. or you need to use the switch, you know, thing. But if this does it almost as well, you know, that's, that's the other side of that coin too. But, so but I, I like yeah. what Greg is saying here though. I think he's saying, I mean, I think he's, I really liked his point was we're not adding capability. We're, we're right. just giving you capability in a different way, slightly. Right. So this is right. But it also, I think your latter point, Greg is also very relevant here. Because we give you the easy button now, do you shy away a little bit more from writing hard DAX in a switch statement? You know, probably to, to some degree. I, I'm not writing switch statements as much anymore, right? Now that I know that feature is so easy to implement, yeah. someone says, hey, I want to pick these couple columns. Yeah, no problem. Get you covered. I know what the feature is. Boom. Here it is. Simple. Done. Move on. So I think in that respect, I'm using that feature a bit more. And I'm, and I'm not avoiding it, but I don't go to it first now. I'm like, oh yeah, we should build a switch statement and a disassociated table. Like this, I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to come back up really high here just for a second. I want to say, these are the kind of things that Microsoft should be providing to us, right? There's a menu. There's things that are automated. I click a couple buttons and stuff just builds itself into the model, right? There should be another dialog box that auto measures your model for you. Every, every column that has a number to it, it should take a best guess whether or not you're doing sums or averages, and it should just let you grab a bunch of fields all over the model and create like 10 measures at once. All the other external tools are doing this. Why isn't desktop making this stuff easier? So the, to me, this was like a, a, a feature very geared towards making the creature comforts inside desktop. I want to see more of these kind of things. Make more of the stuff that I do repetitively all the time, every single model. Right. Make that stuff go away. I want to make six measures at once and stick them in a folder. Do it. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it so. Didn't, didn't they so, absorb the the creator of tabular model, right? Like, come on, I want to see some of those new things. In, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. While we work well, on integrating tabular editor. Exactly. Well, I, I'll say yes and no to your point, though, Mike. I think, yeah, there does need to be more user interface to be able to set things up. Yes. But in in the conversation here, we're saying it's not adding a new feature. It's just an alternative. But you're once you do a field parameter, there's nothing else you can do in a sense due to it like mm -hmm. uh, what i would love is create a calculation group with the ue but then i can still customize it as i need fit with the code like power query exactly there's a there's a user interface 
But guess what? You can go into the code and edit. But that's the that's the With, boon of this whole thing, right? Field parameters sure. is a nice little navigated menu. Boom, boom, boom. Done. It works. But you on the other hand, else. you can't even make a calculation group in desktop. So like you're automatically pushing well, people into third-party tools right. immediately to get that stuff done. I understand yeah. maybe why they're doing it, but I'm again to your point, right? Why are those things not being automated into the model as like easy buttons? Hey, we're going to help you build a calculation group. Here's a dialog box that helps you get started, right. and then to your point. Get, get it into the model and then just make it work for, like a switch right. statement, right? If you could achieve the same thing with a field parameter and a switch statement, why isn't there a dialog box around that? Right. But it's rigid. And that's what I'm trying to say with field parameters. It's always going to take you from A to B the same route every time. There's no customization you can do, or it's very much more complex. What I would want the ability is get, set me up with the drive, but then allow me to do further complexity with code, you know, as a developer. So allow me to at least do the base, like, yeah, set up a calculation group for yes. me in Power BI, but then still allow me to edit the calculation group. Like, I mean, a quick measure does that, right? Where mm -hmm. it sets you to do the things, but it still gives you the DAX that I can still edit as I need fit. Correct. I can take out that stupid if error statement in there <laughs> yeah. and get rid of that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't care yeah. if there's any errors, just make it work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll deal with it when it gets there. I'll deal with it when it breaks. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so I, I think um, Gre Greg's put it, it generates the code. Yes. Like yes. That, that's what Power Query does. And that's what a lot of those easy features I want also, like they, I think you need too. It I generates agree. code. Yeah, so. I, I mean, and even still like this, the field parameters option, it does give you the, like the starting code. So you can add more field parameters if you want right. in the future. You could definitely add more to it or take away something you don't right. want. Um, so I feel like that's a good start. And I just want to see more yeah. of that across this auto generation of code across the model. Microsoft knows what best practices are. Microsoft understands what things are doing, what they're doing in here. And, um, you know, th there's a ton of opportunity to, to continue to, to add automation around making the model easier to consume and build. I, that's just what I'm, I guess I'm pointing to. It's, I hadn't, I'd never thought about it that way. You know, like that's, that's, I'm, I'm kind of having one of those mind, mind melting moments here, right? If you think about Power Query and how we were, how it's been, introduced to most people it it came with an interface to go build m yes right yes and the last thing you see is advanced editor oh by the way you really want to here's the advanced <laughs> yeah, editor no i agree with you but but like that's a really good point though because what it, it's been the exact opposite with dax mm -hmm. right you, here you have you can you, you can go type in your dax expression and now we're adding in like these pop-up windows that allow you to like do certain things yep. that create objects within the model. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe this, maybe what's needed is a singular interface where some of these capabilities are, are like lit up so that we can use them more efficiently mm. because yeah, you're right. generating DAX code, like show, show the DAX code that's being generated along with it. And then for your advanced users, you could you could you could use that much more efficiently because I like that idea a lot. Great. I can click these three buttons. Yeah. It gives me the framework for what I need. And then I can go in and I can modify that that code. Yes. And then click enter. I like hit, this idea hit, a lot. Implement. Yes. Right. I feel I feel like this is this is a lot of where I feel like we should if you want more if you want more so again, I'm trying to interpret a little bit here what Microsoft's going with this, right? Microsoft is a company that makes complex things simple, right? Power Query, complex. Writing M, not going to do it. 
writing using a graphical interface that adds steps that creates the M for me in an automated. Great. Love that. Works really well. That's like why I got hooked on Power BI to begin with. It was the whole Power Query M language data mashup engine. That was beautiful. Do that for more of DAX. Same thing. I don't want to write a bunch of code all the time. I don't want to type in some every single time on every single column. Give me more graphical interfaces that just kind of like do things. Right? Right click on a right click on a com right click on a column and say, you know, make a measure that says sum. Boom. Done. Created yeah. sum of and gives me the measure name. Just give me more, you know, shortcuts and things like that that'll go across the program. Make it easier for me to make the model uh quickly, right? Using best practices. Yeah, I like it a lot. Do you know how much easier that would be if you just had a like a dialogue? You could just they could just keep adding features to it and, and it'd be part of the ribbon as opposed to a new dialogue every single time. This is where is I think that, they, yeah. the big miss for quick measures was a in my in my idea, quick measures was a big miss from Microsoft. Quick measures should have been this open community thing where you parameterize all the things and let people pick and choose what they want and it just builds the DAX for you. That's kind of what I did in um working with um with with uh Deerter to make you know quick measures or you know the quick measures tool same thing right i have a right. i have a whole like we have dax.powerbi.tips yeah. which is a site generated for making the code to build a quick measure basically like here's a standard on how you would make a quick measure go use that and then you can automatically add specific measures in a in a regulated way that way you can pick the, the columns and fields and things you want from the model, pick these things, hit go, and now it just builds out some DAX for you inside the model, and you can go modify it later. Right. I would like to see more of that. And circling back with, with the developer to learn, like, what, what do I need to know? If you have this generated, and especially if new things are added to the ribbon, well, like, all of us are curious. And if I see something new on the ribbon, I'm going, what does this do? Mm -hmm. And then, again, you can see the DAX. You can uh, begin to explore all the features, all the things, and, again, add to the tool belt, so to speak. But I think, no, the, I, I, I think the writing on the, is on the wall here. It means seeing what data marts are doing and how they're producing, like, a data mart with, an, with a data set all together in, in the ecosystem. I feel like we're seeing the beginning of the reporting side and the modeling side starting to diverge slightly. I think we're getting to a place where you're going to start seeing more and more development from Microsoft in two separate spaces, right? Yeah. Working on the model, working on the report. And I, I, you know, I still think desktop needs this ability to be able to like be in Power BI desktop and just publish the model. I don't feel like I need to publish the, there's, I'm doing a lot of model and thin report development. Why do I need to publish the thin report? of the data model that I'm going to like, why does there need to be a report page there? Just let me publish just yeah. the model. Qu quick fun tidbit on that. I, I don't know if you guys ever, um, now we're going way off topic, but you ever rename the report, but not the data model. And just to see what that does, it, it changes nothing. Or in terms of rename the report, like, but not the data model in the service. So you publish the report yep. and you rename the report, but not the data model. Oh, the in the service, in the service, you right, rename it. Right, right. Yes. It's the first time you re you can rename the report to whatever you want. Yep. The data model stays the same. Yeah, but what happens when you republish that thin report? It adds a new data model. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Are you right. sure about that? A thin report. Uh, wait, wait. If you no, so you're saying if I rename the report but not the data model, and then I change the name of the PBIX, it's going to add a data model, but with the same. So with a okay. different name. So I got a re two reports. Let's say their name report A. Okay. I'm not, I'm and losing I, you, Tommy. 
I think we're done for today. So we'll, we'll <laughs> we talk walk through that use case next time. <laughs> so you go to a caterer, right? They have Spanakopita. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, hold on. This hold is on. really interesting use case. We're at the very end of this thing. Tommy, finish <laughs> yeah. the sucker out. Come on. Give me the use case. Okay. Okay. Report A is the PBX file you save. Okay. So but report. Let me just clarify. Report A is model and report. Model and report. Okay. Got it. Because I, that's all I said. Yes. Yep. Okay. Just making report sure I understand. A, okay. Yep. Yeah. Publish that to the service. Got it. In the service, I changed the report, not the, the data, data set. Correct. I changed the report, the blue icon. Yeah, the blue icon to something else. Okay. To report B. Yes. Then you republish report I, A from your desktop. I republish report A. Which it, then what does it do? No, I, I, I can do two things here. I can either, I'm going to change P by X to report B now. So okay. the P by X, that original file. Yep. It's going to overwrite the report. And it's going to add another date. No, wait. Is does you know it what? do that? It just it just adds another no. it adds another data it, set that, called report data set B. Now, right. Yeah. And now then it adds if, another. and then adds another report called report B. So you now you have two report Bs name. in the service with the same name. Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. I, the reason I'm asking that the reason why I'm going down that that nitty gritty thing, data sets and reports are named, and what they come when they get published in the service, it's purely based on the connection strings. Right. Connection strings drive whether or not things are repeated or not repeated. Nothing to do with the name. And it's yeah. so confusing. I 100% agree with you. you. You name something the same and you think, oh, I'll just overwrite it by right. renaming it and just publishing it. Doesn't work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all about the connection string. It's annoying. Annoying as, yeah, it's so, so annoying. Anyways. Okay, I just want to get to that answer. <laughs> with that end of the day question, <laughs> I think you've burned through a perfectly good hour with us. Uh, we appreciate your time today. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we, we appreciate you being back live again. Uh, thank you all very much in the chat for the great conversation and the thread that was going on there. Um, for those of you who get up early, because this is not the most ideal time for our West Coast friends. Uh, thank you very much and appreciate everyone listening in today. Um, our only ask is if you enjoyed this podcast, if you got a couple of chuckles out of here or learned something new, uh, please go ahead and uh, share it with somebody else. Just let someone else know that you enjoyed the podcast and it's good content. Um, we'd love you We'd love to see it on, you know, if, if a social media the account that you like, give us your give us your key points. Do you like field parameters? Do you use them? Uh, comment and share the share the YouTube. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? Yeah, if you if we know ten more people listen to this, I will personally buy you a deep dish pizza in Chicago if you're going to the conference. <laughs> so get that word out there. It means the world to us, and honestly, that's the best way. If you want to help us out, that's the best way you can. So if you are listening right now, make sure to join live seven thirty a.m. Central on YouTube. Follow Power BI Tips on any social media platform. If you are watching live, go. This is great, but I want to listen again or listen to one hundred thirty-two other episodes. Uh, subscribe on Apple and Spotify or anywhere podcasts are available. Excellent. Thank you all. And we'll see you on Thursday.